And I speak to you in the name of God, who was and is and is to come. Amen. And Rob, can you wait just a minute? We may have a couple more folks come to join you. Y'all can hang out for just a moment. Well, I hope that you all will humor me for a moment. I want you to think about who is one of your best friends. Think about their name, and if you can, start to bring their face to your mind. Who is one of your really good friends? And if you're blanking or you're not really able to think of someone right now, that's okay. Just kind of hang with me. But how did you and that friend meet? Was it at school or work? Maybe it was some kind of random encounter. Maybe somebody introduced you. And how you met, that's one thing. But how did you become good friends? What made your friendship deepen and grow? I'd love to hear some of the stories and about the people who came to mind and hope you might share them with me sometime and maybe reach out to that friend and thank them for your, their presence in your life. But I imagine all those stories are unique. But maybe you had a hard time thinking of somebody. And if that's the case, you're not alone. In 2018, an Ipsos poll conducted for the health provider Cigna found that 54% of American surveys surveyed said that they always or sometimes felt like no one knew them well. 54% said they felt like always or at least sometimes that nobody felt knew them well. And I imagine, that was 2018, I imagine that percentage has probably gone up since then. Making and maintaining friends, it's hard. And often our lives can be really crowded with people we call acquaintances, but they can be short on those real deep friendships. Well, whether or not you had a good friend come to your mind a moment ago or not, friendships that do bring us really deep satisfaction in our lives, they have a few things in common. And I want to just lift up three of those things. Time, trust, and honesty. Time, trust, honesty. Real meaningful relationships, they're built on spending time with one another. Over time, you get to know that person. You get opportunities to have undivided attention and to maintain a connection. Trust is really central, too. Think about if you share something personal with a friend and then they start broadcasting that to other people, are you likely to turn to them again and share something that personal? Or maybe you've asked them to do something and they do come through. And that plants that seed that this is somebody you can count on. This person has your back and maybe you'll ask them to do something again and that relationship will deepen. And that third thing I mentioned was honesty. And honesty in friendships or really any relationship, it's not only about telling the truth, but it's being honest about what really matters in our lives. In a 2021 article in The Atlantic that was about friendships, Arthur Brooks wrote about how research shows that it's often harder for men than it is for women to maintain these kind of deep relationships. Pardon the gender binary and the generalizations, but women generally have larger, denser, and more supportive networks than men. 
And furthermore, women generally base their friendships on social and emotional support, whereas men are more likely to base friendships on shared activities, and that includes work. Recognizing this gender pattern, the author, Brooks, realized that both he and his wife needed deeper friendships. And so they started organizing their social life specifically around conversations that were about more profound issues. And at the risk of becoming Mr. and Mrs. Intense, they directed dinnertime chats with friends away from things like vacation plans and home purchases toward issues of happiness and love and spirituality. And they found that it deepened some of those friendships. And in other cases, it showed that a more fulfilling relationship wasn't going to be possible. And so they just started putting less energy into those relationships. In short, go deep or go home became their approach. Last week, Rob talked about how we are made for relationship. We're hardwired for connection as humans. And that's true not only of our earthly relationships, those friendships with people in our lives now, but it's true of our need for a relationship with God, too. I want you to listen again to the opening words of the collect for today. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life. To truly know God is everlasting life, it's saying. To know God and let ourselves be known by God, it transforms us. It completes the good work that was begun in us by our creator. God's deep desire is for us to know him. And here's the really, really good news. We actually can know God. Maybe not in full, but we can know God through many ways. And as Christians, we believe we see the the best, the most full, the most complete reflection of who God is in Jesus' life and his death and in his resurrection. In our gospel reading today from John, we get those pretty famous words from Jesus. I am the way and the truth and the life. He says this to Thomas, who I think is often Thomas is the one to do. Thomas says what everybody else in the room is thinking. Jesus, we don't know the way to the place that you're talking about. Your father's house with lots of dwelling places, it sounds great, but how do we know the way? I am the way, Jesus says. No one comes to the father except through me. If you know me, you will know my father also. Now sometimes that later part of the passage, especially the no one comes to the father except through me, sometimes it's used to say that Christianity is the only way to get into heaven. There's a real emphasis that can be placed on exclusion. If you fail to accept Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, you're out. But there are other ways to think about this. Jesus is the second person in the Trinity, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, the Logos. And we believe that Jesus was present at the foundation, the creation of the world. Today we're in John chapter 14, but if you were to turn back to chapter 1, to the beginning of this book, you'd read, all things came into being through him. 
Without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. The imprint of Jesus is all around us. Even if we don't always recognize it as Jesus, or someone doesn't name it Jesus. Heck, Jesus' closest companions didn't fully know him. Just look at Philip and Thomas in this one little exchange. Is knowing Jesus essential to everlasting life or to experiencing abundant life here on earth? I don't know. What I do know is that being in relationship with Jesus, it has transformed my life. It anchors my hope, it fuels my hunger for justice, and it shows me what love looks like and helps guide me to understand what love doesn't look like. My relationship with God and specifically with Jesus, it is far from perfect. Like any friendship or relationship, it takes work. And I think that those pillars of time and trust and honesty, they hold true for our relationship with Christ as well. They help open up the lines of communication and help tune our awareness into how God is at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And the periods in my life where I haven't given God much time or I've withheld my trust or not really been very honest with God, it's usually been marked by faith that was superficial. And that's why I thank God. I literally thank God for church. For Christian community. We need one another to help us keep the faith. At our baptism, and some of you were baptized in this very font, at our baptism we are baptized into the household of God. We're not just joining St. John's Church, we are joining the throngs of those who have come before us who are seeking to follow Jesus' way of love. You see, Jesus didn't just want Thomas and Philip and those other close companions to know that he was the way and the truth and the life. Jesus invites and extends that relationship to anyone who believes. And we're inheritors of this faith. We're seeking to know Christ and to make him known in our own times. So how do we get to know Jesus? Well, I think one of the best ways is to remember your baptism. Now, you might not remember that day specifically, especially if you were baptized as an infant, and maybe you haven't yet been baptized, but you can look to that sacrament, what we do when we baptize someone, and see how that's a window that is the foundation of our community. We have among us a number of children who have been baptized in the past year or so or who are going to be baptized later this month on Pentecost. And they're here today for a reunion for families. That's a way for them to deepen their relationships with one another, to get to know each other. And we're blessed not only by their presence here today, but because their presence reminds us of the promises that we made at our baptism and every baptism we've been a part of since then. In just a moment, we're going to renew our baptismal vows. And these vows, they give us a framework for how we can know God. First, they remind us of these core beliefs that Christians hold about who God is, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But more than just these statements of belief, they show us how to shape our lives. 
they can help guide our decisions about how we spend our money, how we spend our time, who we form relationship with. They show us how to deepen our relationship with God. And if these are words you've never made before, promises you've never made before, I invite you as you hear others around you making them to listen to those words, see what resonates, what makes you pause, what gives you question, and then come talk to one of the clergy about what this baptism thing is all about. Renouncing evil, turning from sin, promising to break bread and keep the apostles' teaching, seeking and serving Christ, in all persons, not just the people we get along with, striving for justice and peace. This is not for the faint of heart. These vows show us that like any real friendship, it takes time and it takes trust. And at their core, these vows say, be ready to go deep or you risk never feeling at home. But we're in this together. We don't walk this road alone, and we're not meant to. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Let us walk together. Amen.